Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Murphy Houston. And welcome in. Yeah, it's Mile High Magazine. We're all back together here on the radio, which is fun. I am Murphy Houston. Joining us today is my buddy, a guy I've worked with a couple of times on the radio, and he's uh, very intelligent. Am I blowing you up pretty good, Jason? You are. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason Hopkins, who's the president and CEO of NAMI for Arapahoe and Douglas County. Jason, welcome back. Glad uh, to be here. Before we get into what we're going to talk about and the good things we're doing here at Bonneville, which is our broadcast company for all these stations, talk a little about uh, about NAMI and what you're doing and what it's all about. Sure, happy to. So I'm the president and CEO of NAMI, Arapahoe-Douglas Counties. Um, and for those of you who may not know, uh, NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. We have representation in every state. Um, in each state, the uh, the work is divided into, typically, there's a state organization, and then there are affiliates. Um, in Colorado, there are 14 affiliates um, in the state, and I lead one of the top two affiliates, um, which is Arapahoe and Douglas Counties, which is a community serving roughly a million people. And what do you do? So what we do, um, our tenants are pretty simple. We provide education, support, and outreach opportunities for individuals um, living with or affected by mental um, health conditions, as well as their family members. So what that looks like is we have education courses for family members and peers. Um, basically, if they've been through a um, an experience, a mental health illness or setback, um, to help them get more educated about what to expect and how to navigate that, that process. Um, and then we also offer support for families and for peers who have been affected by mental illness. And then um, we do outreach in the community, which would look like, you know, Nine News Health Fairs or um, somebody wants us to come in and promote the work that we do or help people get more connected. So we really try to have a visibility in the community and then have education and a support to pull that through. The mental health problem issue is huge. It is huge. Just huge. Right. I mean, how do you handle all that? You must be just getting involved every day with projects and uh, talking to people like me about what, what are we doing? Well, there are a lot of opportunities to get involved. And statistically, depending on which statistic you look at, it's either one in five or one in four individuals that will be impacted by a mental health condition in their lifetime. So to your point, the number is huge. Um, Inside of that, though, you have to keep in mind, not everybody wants to admit they have a problem or is willing to admit. I do. Um, So the numbers dramatically decrease around people who are wanting to uh, approach education and support and or recovery. Um, But there are plenty of places to get involved, of course. So how do how do you get involved with these families? Uh, do they come and volunteer? We need help? Probably not. Somebody's referring them. Doctors, police officers. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a great question. So you know, we don't discriminate against anybody. Anybody's welcome to to join our our no cost services. We do everything for free. Um, but really, it's often through word of mouth. So we work with our community mental health centers, our recovery and support hospitals. Um, they refer us. Um, People that have worked with us in the past refer us, but um, unfortunately, a lot of times we meet people in the midst of a crisis. So something bad has happened or is happening or potentially could be happening. Um, people come to us really in a time of need, and, and hopefully we help get them connected to um, places of support and resources that they may need uh, and get them moving on down, on down the road and then you know, with hope they stay on as a volunteer to help us do the work that we do. Um, all of our um, support staff and who lead our programs, everybody is a volunteer. Um, they're trained. 
Um, they're not professionals. We're not clinicians, but people that have lived experience. So that's the value we bring to the table. Um, normally, when you get somebody that shows up, there's somebody in the room that's further down the path that you are that's been where you are. And, and that's really powerful in the work we do. That's great experience, man. It is. You hate to have somebody that's had that experience, but in your situation, it's a must. Right. I would think. How else could you talk about it? Well, I, I think that lived experience is powerful. Oh, you know, absolutely. which my own lived experience is what led me to do this work to begin with. So, you know, I always say I, I lead a support group every every Monday night and have for nearly seven years now. Um, but I always say I wouldn't ask somebody to do something I either haven't done or am not willing to do. And I think that most of us come from that place. Amen to that. Yeah. Now you say you're not clinicians. Do you work with clinicians? We do. So, you know, we have, um, you know, partnerships with many clinical folks in the community. And I think that that's a, a hub. And we also have volunteers who do have clinical backgrounds. So I can't say across the board we don't have clinicians, but we are a volunteer-led organization that has historically been made up primarily of family members that have sick loved ones that wanted to get help for their kids. Um and some happen to have a clinical background. Well, you're helping their kids, but you're also helping them. Absolutely. Because that is so key. It's like a caregiver situation. If you don't right. know what you're getting into, how do you help? Well, and I've always said the work that I think we're more, most powerful at is helping people realize they're not alone. You know, obviously, the, the path of getting their loved one help can be complicated um, and harried. But really done well, what I've learned and observed is um, anybody who approaches this can get benefit from it. And and I think that's a real value to the community. And there are no age limits as to who you work with, right? No. We don't do a lot of youth programming. We have started looking at ways to do youth program because it's obviously more complicated. We have some family support groups that are geared towards family members that have loved ones that are youth. But as far as working with youth specifically, we don't. So, you know, when you get to the peer segment of what we do, it really starts at 18 plus. But outside of that, there's really no age limit. Do you work with vets? We do. So NAMI has a signature program called NAMI Homefront, um, and that is a program that's specifically designed to support veterans. And their families. Absolutely. There's a lot to deal with there. You Absolutely. know, I've talked about that before, what's going on. It's just, it's yeah, just there's, crazy. There's a lot of work to be done. And it's, you don't pay anything, so they're going to want to know well, how you fund it. Where do you get your help? That's a great question. So, you know, with NAMI Arapaho Douglas Counties, and each each NAMI is different. Um, there are not there are only two NAMI affiliates in the state that actually have paid staff, myself and Colorado Springs. Um, so a lot of what we do is we do, um, so for instance, we um, decided as a fundraiser we would give scholarships to students that have been impacted by mental health. So we have a, a Seeds of Hope scholarship event every spring. We gave six away this year um, to to you know six really great students that have shown um, exemplary self-care and navigating their mental health conditions and or have a story in their family history so that was um, something we're proud of but really as far as how we're funded we get individual donations uh, private support we get business sponsorship business support um, we don't receive government funding i was gonna ask that question yeah we yeah. don't a lot of people i think assume that we yeah, do I, yeah um you know our community mental health center and our partners are huge supporters and sponsors of the work we do so it's a lot of power the pavement and mental health is hard to raise money for it's not something that um is is a slam dunk and not everybody wants to talk about it well 
with all that's going on, you'd think it would be easier to raise money for that. You would think, yeah, but absolutely. it's not. <laughs> now, do you deal just with Arapaho and Douglas counties? People can't come in from Adams County or any of those others? Right. Anybody who wants to drive to access our, our services is certainly welcome to. We won't turn them away for living elsewhere, but our reach is Arapaho and Douglas counties, which, you know, considering that we're the two largest counties in the state of Colorado, um, we have the most density as far as population and people go. Um, but nobody's limited to our services if they want to drive over. Good to know. And if they want more information, you must have a website, I'm sure. We do. Our yeah. website is www.namiadco, which is Arapahoe and Douglas Counties, .org. And all your starting information will be right there. Everything's there. Complete list of our programs, calendar, um, anything you want to know about me or my fantastic leadership team, it's all there. Well, let's talk a little more about uh, Mr. Jason Hopkins, again, the president and CEO of NAMI for Arapahoe and Douglas Counties. And we first talked, I don't know what it was, a couple months ago. Sure. And since then, you've gotten involved with our company, which is Bonneville Broadcasting and our uh, family of stations. And right. you do something called the Connection Project. Right. Let's talk about that. That's a great question. So um, the Connection Project is work that lives under NAMI ADCO. Um, we realized that the work we do at NAMI Arapahoe Douglas Counties is very specific, and often we meet um, families that have chronic and persistent mental illness in it, which excludes a lot of people. You know, like I said earlier, depending on the statistic, it's 20 or 25 percent of the population, which leaves out another 75 or 80 percent. Absolutely, yeah. And what I had observed and what we've learned in, in lots of study and research uh, thus far is um, there's a real obligation for us to meet people where they are. And I think um, when I say that, the the entrance point to those conversations is not mental health. It is things that people may be affected with in day-to-day -day life um, that they're struggling with and us being able to recognize that people are struggling and then help them get connected in a way that they might not otherwise be able to get connected. So the Connection Project started last fall. We officially launched this spring. And in the midst of doing that, we had been working on it for a couple of years before we actually launched. Um, we started thinking about who are the strategic partners and what are the platforms that we want to um, really be able to align ourselves with to promote this work. So our work is broken down pretty simply. It's, it's four key elements, community conversations, aligned partnerships, resource tools, and training and education. So specifically, the community conversations and aligned partnerships drove us to the, the relationship um, that we've had the good fortune of forming with Bonneville. So sometime last summer, um, we had a meeting here, and we're really exploring. Bonneville has a, a passion and commitment to this goodwill work and really Absolutely. really doing good for the mental right. health community. And we started talking about, you know, how is it that we can make an impact in this conversation? And, of course, all of the media companies have some sort of mental health campaign just about these days. And I thought there was an opportunity for us to do better. Okay. So what I really pitched was, what if we do a job um, focused on meeting people where they are that you know ultimately is going to have a behavioral health slant to it but is really more focused on things that people can can wrap their head around which is the focus of the connection project so from those ori original conversations um, Bonneville graciously offered to stay engaged in that conversation and what we developed was um, a program called communities connected which lives on all three of the the Bonneville Bonneville platforms here locally and Communities Connected is basically a video podcast series of me interviewing guests. And and when I 
when I approach an interview series, we're looking at tribe-focused work. And when I use the word tribe, I use it very broadly in um, groups or communities that we're, we're connected to or involved in in our own life. In my research, what I had learned was um, – just because we tell people to connect with each other does not imply that they actually do. Oh, gosh, no, <laughs> not at all. Right. So really, in looking at tribe-focused work, what we try to focus on is groups that people can identify themselves with that have similar value systems or similar interests or similar uh, passions or whatever um, to basically connect them. So we launched, I guess it was April 2nd of this year, we launched our first tribe-focused series that was on men, men as a tribe. So I have the good fortune of working with many great individuals who do work in the community. So really the focus of that vodcast series, video podcast, is really around helping people understand they're not alone and basically getting them connected with resources that may be available. Right. So the the first three men we focused on, they all do their individual work with other men or individuals in the community. So it was a way to highlight the good work that they were doing and let our listeners know that you're not alone and there are other places to get connected if you want to. Um, I, we've had a lot of success with that. So um, that was the jumping off point. So now you're well into this and you've done other projects along the way. We have. So um, in that same thread of the the video podcast and building other tribes, you know, we're working on a series with moms. We're working on a series with vets. We're working on a series with emergency responders. Um, So there's several things coming up that will be focused in that same sort of way. But one of the other communities that is often overlooked and has a huge need is teens. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, there's been a lot of unfortunate tragedy that has happened in our community Mm. um, nationwide worldwide. Um, And I think there's an opportunity for us to speak to the things that teens are struggling with. So we started any of these conversations. I normally start with a roundtable discussion with the tribe to get informed around what are they struggling with and what do they want to talk about? Because I I don't qualify myself as an expert. I've just done this work long enough. Um, But if I'm going to host a conversation with somebody, I want to give them the opportunity to share what they think is important and matters to them. And as we started working with teens, I I won't forget, it was sometime in March, we had nine teens that came in, and literally for two hours, they didn't look at their phones, they were completely engaged. What? Yeah. (laughs) And without asking, without asking. So... We had a, a roundtable discussion with them around what are the topics that they're facing and they're they're dealing with today. And I will say the takeaway is, is nobody wants to talk about mental health or anxiety or depression, but the things they wanted to talk about were pressure, fear of failure, social media use and abuse, um, real life competition. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about it, all of those things I've just listed, they have a component to our behavioral health. So if you'll look at, we launched Teen Talk in May. Um, it is a podcast series to protect the United anonymity of the youth. Um, We have cultivated youth from different communities and different backgrounds and diversity and and groups um, from schools in the local area and really are having these conversations. Um, So far, we've talked about teen pressures. We're working on a social media series. Um, We're working on a topic around bullying. Um, We did a topic on perfectionism and peer pressure um, and pressures in general. Um, Really I think practical real life stuff that people can get connected to and and it's been well received so far. Oh, I'm sure it's as we say in the business an ear opener as opposed to an eye opener right. because you're hearing things like really who didn't even think about that. 
And here it is coming out on your radio. Right. And I have to tell you, Murphy, the thing that I have been most, you know, I'd never really worked with teens before, um, so it was a new segment for me. But the thing that I have to tell you and walking away from doing this work so far is um, I'm inspired about our future. Good. Kid, kids will talk about things that we might not talk about as adults. You know, in in a hopeful and inspiring way, they'll talk about things we just won't talk about. Um, I believe kids are going to teach us how to talk about mental health. Um, That would be fantastic. It would be. Because they don't. You got to be honest, and you just brought it up. Teens don't talk because they're on their little things here and they're doing stuff. But if you could get them to open up. That's why you're probably surprised. Wow, this is what they're really thinking? Well, and I'm amazed when you get them to show up with no real context to say, this is what we're going to talk about, and you sit down and record with them. Like, it's amazing that the information we'll get back from them. I, I literally walk away inspired and blown away every time at the things that come out of these youth's mouth. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating, but inspiring. But it, like you just said, thank goodness they're thinking about this stuff, and you're surprised right. that they know enough to talk about it well think about it from this perspective this is the first real generation that we have had that was not in between the gap of technology and not having technology i mean this is the first group that that's true that will never know a life not having it and i think that we are all having to adapt to that so from my perspective is they're the experts in teaching us how do they want to learn good point you know and the reality is and, and the basis and foundation of the work that we're doing at the connection project really is above that mental health conversation and and frankly it's it's around stress-based language and that everyone struggles with something you know i think when we can recognize a struggle within ourselves it's so much easier for us to see that in other people and have empathy um, and the ability to reach out and say hey it looks like you're struggling can i help you yeah and like you said most people have the same kind of problems once you find one person with it it's so easy to talk about it absolutely i got that right let's how do you do that you know then the doors are open absolutely and that's what you're doing right now it's exactly what we're doing so where do we find this information is it uh, online right go ahead that's a great question so currently um all of the teen talk and communities connected podcast and vodcast they live on the bonneville website so it would be cozy 101 um dot com it'd be 104.3 the fan.com and it would be kygo uh, 98.5.com. Easy to get to. Yeah. And when you look there, there is a tab that's called Strengthening Families. And under that, you can see Communities Connected and or Teen Talk. They live there. Um, there's obviously some social media posts that if you're connected to any one of the stations, um, you can reach out and learn more about it, you know, from a social media perspective. But um, it's been well received so far, and I'm I'm really thrilled. Well, well it's a great idea. Thank and you. how often do you freshen the programs? Every week? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. So um, the goal is to have a team talk every other week and to have a vodcast every other week. So normally with the, the Communities Connected vodcast series, um, you'll get a teaser one week for the topic you're going to hear the following week. And then team talk is just every other week. Um, we've explored, will we increase the frequency? I think right now, um, collectively, we have a real sense of obligation to, um, to do this well. So we want to be thoughtful about the guests we bring in and really about the conversations we're having. And and if somebody that's listening has an interest, this is an amazing opportunity to not only promote your business, but to sponsor some really great goodwill work in the community. So we're always looking for sponsors here at Bonneville also. And you know what I like about it, Jason, in just our conversation here is this is our community. 
We're not talking about people in New York City or Los Angeles. This is us. This is our community. Everybody that we have featured lives here, works here, um, thrives or doesn't here. Um, But I think if you take the time to listen to the conversations, the fact of the matter is, is there applicable conversations in any community? But it's built here and based here. Which I think just opens up other people to talk. Hey, have you heard this program I just heard on the Cozy website? It does. you got to listen to this. It might pertain to you. Well, and what we learned in really exploring this is there are a lot of other media outlets that are promoting mental health. I think the challenge with mental health conversations, from my perspective, is they're often scary or sad or traumatic. And... You know, we talk a lot about why are we not further along in mental health awareness? And I think we're not wired as humans to live in that space of scary, sad and traumatic. Oh, true. So, you know, like I said earlier, the obligation to meet people where they are feels like a huge responsibility for me. And the fact of the matter is people don't want more sad and they don't want more scary. We have enough of that in traditional media. So a lot of our partners that do this work, their stories have a very different slant our work is meant to be hopeful. It's meant to inspire. It's meant to get people connected. Are you aiming more for the folks that are having these struggles, or is it like what you do at NAMI, the whole family, maybe somebody that's dealing with a person that has some of these issues? Is it aimed at them as well? Or You know, really the work we're doing, I think it's applicable to anybody. So let me give you an example. The first vodcast we ever did, I interviewed um, a gentleman, Brett Zockman, and he has an organization called Be Men. So he goes by Zach. His work is really focused on really helping to connect and engage men. And he's built this brotherhood of men that, that do really great work. Um, I know his story pretty well, and we sat down and had a conversation. And a lot of his work is built out of, you know, personal struggle that he went through and his ability to overcome that. And and part of his story is around a really painful and protracted divorce experience he had. And I was shocked that the takeaway um, when people would give me feedback is they loved his story about divorce. I didn't intend the conversation to be about divorce. It's just part of his story. So for me, when you ask who is the audience, like I don't know who's going to get connected to the story or not. And the things that I assume they may connect with are not necessarily what they connect with, but at least they're connecting to something. Really? So in other words, it's open to everybody. It is. No no sideline regulations on this. There's not. And I think we have have done a a good job, um, obviously, with Bonneville's support um, of doing this goodwill work of really trying to, you know, again, to meet people where they are. And how do we have conversations? You know, my tagline for the connection people, the connection project is real people, real life together. Um, You know, I've had the good fortune of um, spending time with a lot of people that have letters after their names or may have some fame or notoriety. But the fact of the matter is I want to focus on people that are just walk a day life people that are aiming to do the best work they can. And through their own struggle, have a story to tell. Like those are the stories to me that feel purposeful and relatable. And I think there's an obligation to do that and do that well. Well, stories always connect. They do. You know that, Jason. And you have people on the air that are laying their heart out there about what they're going through. A lot of people are going to take that in and go, wow, I think there's something there for me. Right. What do you tell people to follow up with? If they're hearing your broadcast, your podcast, or your, your video program, is there something at the end saying, now, if you feel you need help, or how do you handle that? So, you know, we have not really delved into the help resources 
per se like that. My hope is, is in any of the conversations we have, we have highlighted the good works that other organizations are doing. Of course, people are welcome to get plugged into either of my organizations, NAMI ADCO or the Connection Project, but organizations like B-Men or Trent Orndorff's TLC, The Life Changer, or Justin Kruger's Project Helping. Um, so I really feel a sense of duty to underscore the good works that other people are doing and help them get plugged into those. And of course, if people are in crisis, I always let them know, you know, Colorado Crisis Services does about the most fantastic job of really, whether you're in crisis or not, meeting you where you are and getting you help if you need it. And you work with them? I do. Yeah. It helps yeah. the situation. We promote each other a lot. I think they, they um, you know, they're, they're obviously our, our statewide um, crisis line and, um, and, and what most people don't know is you don't have to be in crisis to call them. And it's odd that that's part of their name, but they actually have what's called a warm line that you can call in. And just if you're needing information around something, behavioral health or, um, you know, some sort of crisis, potential crisis situation, and they can generally steer you in a direction of where you need to go. You wouldn't know that number, would you? Smart Jason off the top. You know. I'm going to nail you on that one. And they have a tech service. I think the tech service is 78255. Um, I don't remember the number, but the tech service is phenomenal, too. That's good. So what's your vision? For down the road with this project, these two projects you're on? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, my vision is, is that we have a world um, that is more connected um, through experience and struggle, um, and that we feel like if we are struggling, we have a place to get plugged in, and, and that we're not alone. I don't, you know, so many nonprofits approach helping people from the place of it's our job to fix you, and I don't feel compelled to fix anyone. I don't think anybody can be fixed unless they want to help themselves. Um, I'm more interested in helping people just recognize they're not alone and there are places to get plugged in or resources available. Great start, too. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever get political? Because you know there's laws involved with some of this stuff and you go, wow, they got to change that or update that or do something. Do you see that happening in your... You know, I, I, I do spend a fair bit of time in that political space and, and try to stay uh, informed and updated on what's happening. Um, in my heart, I'm not a super political guy. I think it's an important part of it. I think a lot of people assume that policies and legislation that happen immediately translate into real world solutions, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, so there's that. But NAMI is really involved, and that's a big hub of what NAMI National and NAMI Colorado do, um, is focused on advocacy. Um, and we have made some real advancements, especially in Colorado from where we came, to um, helping um the legislative front for people that are struggling with mental health. Good idea. How about partners and sponsors? Do you have, do you need some? Do you, do you Would have love some more? How does that work? Then? So Denver Springs has been a phenomenal sponsor for the um, beginning of Communities Connected. Um, and we're grateful to them for that. Um, on the Teen Talk, we have Mountain High Appliance and we have Jade Recovery. Good people at Mountain High. They're right? great. Yeah. In fact, I just interviewed the parents um, recently for another series we have coming up. Um, but love, um, to me... When you talk about sponsors, I think anybody could be a potential sponsor. But what I am interested in is businesses who, like Bonneville, are also focused on goodwill campaigns and really realize that we have an opportunity to do some good work together and to showcase their business in a way that they're doing some goodwill work in the community. There's nothing wrong with a feel-good campaign, and this is definitely that. Well, and don't you think, Jason, obviously you do because you've been dealing with this. For some reason, now seems to be the time to help with some of these mental health situations. There seems, I feel it, 
there's a sense of urgency. Right. We got to do something kind of urgency. We do. But I also think there's a responsibility for those of us in the in the biz, so to speak, to really do this well. I think just promoting mental health at large, you know, I think statistically nothing we've done has trended anything downward. Suicide rates are not lower. Depression, anxiety rates, substance use, none of those things are trending downward. In fact, most of them are trending upward, which is really where we started from with the Connection Project is it's not what people want more of. And if you think about for a little context, mental health is one of those conversations, Murphy, that started in the weeds and it stayed in the weeds. Boy, it sure did. And I think from that place, it scares people. And we don't need more scary or sad. We have enough of that in our day-to-day world. Seems like it. So really, I think what we've done and have an opportunity to continue to do, and I sound like a broken record here, is to meet people where they are. And there are things that people will talk about. Stress is a word people universally will talk about. And you probably know stress becomes a catch-all for depression, anxiety, substance use, any kind of struggle people will call stress. Sure. And in many in many professions, we wear stress as a badge of honor. And what we're seeing is people are stressed to their breaking point. I don't believe people should have to have a mental break to be able to have a life that feels fulfilling and qualifying for them. Gee, what a great concept. <laughs> right. Oh. Right. So, you know, my hope is from this work, again, not really a mental health campaign. It's more a meet you where you are. That's not scary and not sad, and maybe it inspires you to take some action in your own life. That's the plan. So let's back up a little bit, run down the programs you're involved with, right. the podcasts on the three Bonneville stations, Cozy 101.1 and uh, the Fan 104.3 and 98.5 KYGO. Sure. You're on all three of those platforms. I'm on all three of those platforms. So if you look on any one of their websites under the Strengthening Families tab, um, there is a Communities Connected tab and a Teen Talk tab. And that's where both of the programs we've just talked about today live. Um, and they're updated as we add new information. And if you follow any one of um, the social media um, outlets for those three stations, which you should if you don't, um, you can find social plugs for the things that we're doing um, and often the content of what we're working on. But um, really, it just keeps evolving. So the more sponsorship we have, the more plugs we can give it. But but at a minimum, it lives on all three websites. Well, they could reach out to you, right, to sponsor? Absolutely. Uh, how do they find you? It, real easy. So my email address is jason at realpeoplereallife.org, just like it sounds. And your website at NAMI, there's information there as well. www.namiadco.org and my Connection Project website, which is officially about to launch. This has moved so quickly, it's taken a little longer, um, is www.realpeoplereallife.org. Well, Jason Hopkins, president and CEO of NAMI for Arapahoe and Douglas Counties, and much more, as you just heard. Thanks for your work, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Well, we're glad that Bonneville can be part of it to help the cause. I'm so grateful. And thank you guys for listening. Another edition of Mile High Magazine.